Welcome back, everybody, to Tip of the Spear with your Missoula County Commissioners. I'm Josh Slotnick, and I'm solo hosting today as Dave and Juan are doing tough duty in other places. But I'm joined by two wonderful guests, and we're going to talk about permitting. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Yes, I'm Rita Hegler, and I am the Permit Programs Manager at the Building Division with Missoula County. Yeah, I am Nick Zanettis. I'm Planner 2 in the Office of Planning, Development, and Sustainability. Great. Thanks for coming. So we start with you, Rita. What sort of permitting do you do? We do everything. <laughs> okay. We're going to have to narrow it down. <laughs> we do it all. Um, building permitting. We do land use permitting as far as intake. And what, we, is, what does that mean, land use intake? Our division does the intake, which means we accept the applications. Okay. We process them to make sure that all the information is on there accurately, and then we set it off for review as needed. Okay, so if somebody wants to do a subdivision or if somebody wants to do a pole barn, both of those applications go through you first? The pole barn construction portion would, the subdivision portion would go directly to planning. Okay, so the intake wouldn't matter. It would go, it would go right to Nick. So if you think of the building division just as construction portion mm -hmm. of it. Okay. Would you be up for kind of walking us through that? So what happens somebody, they, they're going to build a house. Sure. Well, first of all, I want to make sure that everybody knows about our website, MissoulaCounty.build. Oh, okay. And that's very informational. It takes you basically through the six steps of a permit process, starting out with your investigation, your research, mm -hmm. making sure you you can do what you want to do, where you want to do it. That also helps you get in line for the next process, which would be your planning. Once you get your plans together, you can bring them all to us or upload them online. And we make sure that your plans meet the qualifications for the intake, which are all lined out on our website, whether or not they need engineering, floor plan, elevations, and so on. Once that's approved, we set their fees, a plan review fee, which is 35% of the permit fee. That's due up front. 35% of the, of the review fee, not the cost of the construction. Correct. Yeah. Of the permit fee based on either square footage mm -hmm. or based on valuation for commercial and remodels. Okay. Once it's sent off for all the departments to review, it goes consecutively to everyone for review. And it's basically in the queue. And we do all permits in the order in which they were received. Once they receive all approvals from the departments, then we can reach out to the customer. They pay their fees. They're off and running. And then inspection happens. Correct. So once they get their approved plans and inspection card, their first inspection starts out with their foundation or footing and just continues on from there. Okay. Now we have our online scheduler for inspections. They can schedule Great. right online or they can call in and leave a message. Great. Right. So how much time elapses between, let's say, somebody calls and wants to set up an inspection till when they get an inspection? If you call before 7 a.m. the day you want the inspection, it will be on for that day. That's amazing. Yes. Wow. Way to go. Nick, how about you? We administered the land use and zoning compliance permits that Rita already mentioned here. So the way this works is every building permit, uh, you're required to do a land use and zoning compliance permit. If you're a zoned area, it's a zoning compliance permit. If you're unzoned, it's a land use permit, but we all have the same forms there, try to keep it easy. And for that, we're looking at a few things. We're looking at your zoning regulations if you are zoned. So can you build what you wanna build in that zoning district? Is there any extra approvals that you might need to uh, perform your project out in full? We're also looking at other land use regulations such as floodplain and shoreline regulations making sure you're compliant with those we're also looking at your subdivision and making sure you're compliant with the subdivision approvals subdivision was approved under the context of great so i want to just step back a bit from the nuts and bolts for some folks they felt like they hadn't really interacted with local government until they go to get a permit and then they may ask well why do i need to get a permit what do you tell yourselves um in terms of answering that question of why do i need to get a permit so 
You want to go, Rita? Basically, the permits are required by state. First so of all, it's law. Is first, first of all, one. it's law. Okay. <laughs> um, second of all, the reason why it is a law is because we look out for the safety of you, your family, your investment, your neighbors, and a potential buyer of your property and structures that are on it. That is really the whole goal of the building permitting process and the okay. inspections. And if I understand it right, the building permitting process is not funded by taxpayers. Correct. How does how does it work then? Correct. It's all self-funded. Um, monies that we receive for plan reviews and permitting goes to pay our inspectors, our building official, our intake people who are amazing, I might add, and anything really having to do with the building inspection division. Thanks. So Nick, you know, I have five acres and I want to put four houses on there. Can I just do that? Why do I need to get a permit? With land use and zoning permits, we like to say that uh, the importance of them is orderly development and making sure things play out in a manner that our community wants them to. For zoning compliance permits, we're looking at a zoning classification, and all of our zoning is based off of our uh, county's growth policy, which is really a vision and extension of our community and and how we want to develop. So this is a way that we ensure that you don't get a a storage unit facility in your neighborhood, or you don't, don't have a car dealership taking up our prime commercial real estate in downtown town, portions of Lolo or East Missoula. So really, it's a way to ensure orderly development. And then on the land use side, it's a way to make sure that we're protecting our streams and our rivers with our floodplain regulations, make sure we're compliant with all those. So if we do have floods, we have structures that are built to withstand those floods. And then for shoreline, making sure that we're protecting our natural resources that we value here. Right. So we just did a big rewrite of our zoning code here at Missoula County. Why do you think that was necessary? I mean, if we have zoning, why do we need to change it? Totally. So our old county zoning was based off of the foundational zoning that was established back in the 70s for Missoula County. So as you can imagine, it was pretty out of date with the new uses Mm -hmm. and uh, just the new vision for the community as a whole. We've grown a lot since then. So we really wanted to update our zoning to further reflect our uh, changing values, the changing landscape, and also the increasing demand that we've had on our market here. And just make sure that as we have that demand, we can still kind of grow in a way that we all can see the end goal and it's not haphazard development. Ah, that's, that's a great answer. So the essence of orderly development and predictability and safety and community values, those change. And we changed our zoning to match. Correct. Yep. So Rita, with building something, what are some of the concerns you all have if people build without getting a permit? It's really about our customer protection. It's protecting the people that are living there or will be living there or may buy it five years in the future. We want to make sure that it's safe for everyone. We have a prime example of what can go wrong if you do not pull permits. And we have a really fancy board in our office. I brought some pictures here to show, kind of stress the point forward that um, if you have a pole structure and you want to put it on your property and you don't understand why we're requiring you to have engineering, it's basically to make sure that it doesn't blow away in a windstorm. You know, I actually live on this street. And I remember this well. Uh, yeah, when the pole structure was in the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we also want to protect for, you know, snow loads up in the Condon area, Sealy Lake area. They have really high snow loads. So we want to protect those structures from caving in and potentially harming someone. Sure. So I can imagine somebody saying, you know, I'm just going to build it. And if it doesn't work, it's on me. Like I have every self-interest type of reason to do a good job. What would your response be to that? I would politely remind them that the whole reason we're here is to help them be safe. Who knows in the future if they're going to sell that property, what will the next person think? Are they going to be safe? Are they going to inherit 
with the problems that they just said, well, we'll just do it without a permit. No problem. Yeah, for me, that's the most compelling piece mm-hmm. of this, especially because a lot of folks, especially in the recent past, have bought here quite quickly because the market was crazy hot. Yes. They couldn't find a building. They couldn't get it at their home inspected or the land looked at. They bought from a distance. They paid cash. They rushed out here and they inherited or they purchased a pole barn that was poorly built. And then two years later, that thing falls down in uh, heavy snow and they wonder what the heck happened. Mm-hmm. Well, if it had been built with a permit and according to code, that snow probably wouldn't have crashed that pole barn. Right, correct. Nick, around land use, there's a big piece of that that isn't so much around where the structures can be, but it has a lot to do with the environmental effect of people living right there. Specifically, I'm thinking about things around sewer versus septic and drain fields, et cetera. Can you talk about the permitting in that area? Totally. So that is handled by the Missoula City County Health Department and our colleague Gina, who is unfortunately out sick today, would have been the representative from the health department here today. But I'm just going to just briefly touch on health's role in the whole permitting process. Just like you said, they're looking at well and septic permits, whether or not you are required to hook up to city sewer if that is available in your area. And just like you said, it's strictly for environmental protection purposes. If you have an out-of-date septic, you might be leaking sewage into your neighbor's well. We have people that frequently try to build on top of their drain field facilities in their own yard. What Health does is they look at your permit and make sure that your project is up to date with all local and state sanitation regulations. So yes, this could be anything from new septic permits, checking if your existing septic system can absorb and increase use or ensuring that you're not building on top of your sanitation facilities that need to work correctly in order to have your home be a functioning unit. Yeah, I could really see the issues with having a well and a septic and a drain field all being the appropriate distance apart so that you're drinking water that won't make you sick. So how are fire districts involved with permitting? Yeah, so that really happens in two ways. So the first is through the enforcement of the subdivision conditions of approval related to fire. So as I mentioned earlier, anytime a subdivision is approved, it's approved with a set of conditions of approval. And essentially it's saying that this subdivision is uh, okay to proceed as long as you can meet these conditions. And those conditions are meant to mitigate any risks in the surrounding environment or for the subdivision as a whole and how it impacts. One of the common conditions that we see on subdivisions are related to fire, whether it's through ensuring that you have an adequate water source for your residential project or making sure if you're located in the WUI that you have defensible space around your structure. If you're in a subdivision that does require a condition of approval related to fire, then the appropriate fire district is going to be the one to review that during the permitting process. Then the second way is the enforcement of the International Fire Code. And that only happens within the Missoula Rural Fire District boundaries because they are a large enough entity that they have the authority and jurisdiction to do that. But they're essentially looking for fire code requirements that almost mirror building code. So they're looking for proper address in the structure so they can respond in a timely manner to any incidents. They're checking for exit signs at newly constructed businesses. If you're a business with a gate, they're making sure that they have access to that gate in any scenario that they might need to respond to. Comes into play with your building permits when you Hmm. want a certificate of occupancy. What's a certificate of occupancy? It verifies that the structure has been completed all inspections required to bring it to the minimum current code. And it also confirms that any other items related to health and land use have been addressed. So So it's it's the last step. Correct. Correct. And in order for that to be issued, you have to have all of the approvals for the required inspections from the other departments. So a lot of times fire will have a fire CFO inspection and a lot of people don't understand why they have to have that. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Nick just talked about as to why they have to have it. So today, the official first day of spring, it's the spring equinox. So that that means uh, the start of building season uh, or the start of mud season, I guess, it's, it's which way you look at it. 
So people are going to be out there building things. Are there specific projects do you think typically folks don't really know they should have a building permit? Yes. And then they go forth anyway. What would some of those things be? Definitely. A lot of folks don't realize that they need re-roofing permits. Re-roofing permits. Yes. So a lot of times if you take off your shingles and you put on new underlayment and a new shingle or a new metal roof, it does require a permit. And with some a project like that, there are people out there that could do this themselves. But there are also a lot of people who are busy and would hire someone. Can they just rest assured that the person they're hiring is going to go pull these permits? And what advice would you give to someone who's about to hire somebody to put a new roof on a building? I would always recommend people to ensure that their contractor has showed them a copy of their permit, as well as a pink inspection card mm. that is required to be on every Missoula County project site. And that's on display. So when you drive by, Correct. you can see that big pink card. Correct. That's their right as a customer to request Great. that information. So I Great. highly recommend they do that. Oh, good, good. So Rita, I've heard out there in the greater world that if you're going to build something that's less than 200 square feet, you don't need to get a building permit. Well, you're half right. Half right. Okay. <laughs> um, we do have a 200 square foot exemption that allows folks to build sheds or playhouses for storage. The exemption does not apply to any structures that are going to be used as habitable space. Okay. It's the use of the structure that qualifies it for the exemption oh, okay. and not the size. So if somebody's going to live in it, it doesn't matter. Yep. Or if you're going to rent it out or... Okay. But Use it as a hunting lodge. Yeah, but if it's storage or serves some other purpose other than habitation. Correct. If it's under 200 square feet, then it is exempt under those circumstances. Whew. Good. Okay. <laughs> I cleared that bar. <laughs> Could you guys talk to us about turnaround times? Yep. So turnaround times is really a team effort when you talk about that. it's It takes the due diligence of the applicant to ensure that they've done their research and development of the plans, as well as all the departments that are partaking in the review process. With a complete application that meets the guidelines, a permit review could usually take approximately about two weeks for approvals, again, completed in the order in which they were received. But keep in mind that re-roof permits and any trade permits, such as electrical, mechanical, plumbing, those are same-day permits. You can mm -hmm. come in, walk out. At the wow, same time yep, with that permit. One thing to keep in mind is on the trade permits, if they are related to a building permit, they can't be issued until the building permit has been approved and issued. Okay. So you're building something and that construction of that thing requires, in essence, a driveway, an, an attachment to an existing road, an approach. Does that require a permit? It does if you are approaching off of a county-maintained or county-non-maintained road. If it's a state highway, you would go through the MDTD. Okay. But if it's in the county, you got to get an approach permit from the county. Correct. One more thing to keep in mind about permit turnaround times as well is the time of year that you submit at. So in general, May to September is our peak building season here in this part of the state. So if you're planning a project in this timeline, then now is a good time to get your application submitted before turnaround times slow down due to just the number of permits that we see during peak building season. Thanks, Nick. So with all these things, we just touched on the tip of the iceberg here. If people want to get more information before they plan their small subdivision or build their pole barn or put a new roof on the shed, where do they go to find more info? Definitely go to missoulacounty.build and it will walk you through the whole process of Missoulacounty.build. Correct. Great. Yep. And we're also going to be at the MBI Home Show at the Missoula County Fairgrounds April 14th to 16th. We nice. will have a booth there where we're going to have a representative from all three of the permitting agencies there and we'll be there Great. to answer any of your questions and walk you through the process if you need. Great. That's fantastic. So typically we ask our guests this, this question. So you've rehearsed. You know what you're going to say. <laughs> Out there in the world of culture, 
So I'm thinking books, movies, podcasts, music, conversations with friends, anything. Did you stumble into a nugget, something you thought, man, that was really worth my brain holding on to that you would be up for sharing? One book that I've been slowly chipping away at is from local Missoulian author Jim Harmon, and he has a book called The Sneakiest Man There Ever Was. The Sneakiest Man There Ever Was. Yeah, and it's just a collection of great short stories about old-time Missoula. Is that our own Dave Strohmeyer? Uh, <laughs> it might be. I'm confirmed. I'm only on uh, about chapter five on it. But uh, it's a great collection of short stories that if you like old-time Missoula history, it's an easy read and great. it's just great to read. He does those Harmon's histories. He does. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's the great. one. And yep. that was a joke, by the way, about my friend. It's my friend, Dave Strohmeyer. <laughs> Rita, what do you have for a, for a nugget? I'm going to step outside the box a little bit and just Please. share a couple of life lessons that I've oh, learned great. Um, that I'd like to pass along to others. First of all, I think it's really important. Everybody should learn this and, and live it. Treat others as you want to be treated. And that's kind of how I address customers that come into Permit. The other one is life is short. Mm. Eat cookies for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. They're awesome. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, guys, for coming by. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. And thank you out there for listening. And we will catch you next time here at Tip of the Spear. Thanks for listening to the Tip of the Spear podcast. If you enjoy these conversations, it would mean a lot if you would rate and review the show on whichever podcast app you like. And if you know a friend who would like to keep up with what's happening in local government, be sure to recommend this podcast to them. The Tip of the Spear podcast is made possible with support from MCAT, better known as Missoula Community Access Television and our staff in the Missoula County Communications Division. If you have a question or topic you'd like us to address on a future episode, email it to communications at missoulacounty.us. And to find other ways to stay up to date with what's happening at Missoula County, go to missoula.co slash county updates. And thanks for listening.